Hey, it's your boy Law. I'm back again with another episode. Get this, do this, get paid. Today, I have a very special guest, a very, very smart individual, very, very highly established individual. Uh, his name Eric Fortenberry. I'm gonna let that, I'm gonna let him tell you what he does. Uh, welcome, Eric. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Luan. Yeah, so I'm a founder and CEO of JobTread. It's a construction estimating project management software that uh, we started, uh, you know, back in, I guess, 2019 is when I technically started it after uh, after I ran a construction company uh, in 2018 and, you know, basically built out the first version of it. And I grew that company from five to eight million in sales, increased their gross profit by 43 percent. And it was uh, made made it very helpful to uh, to that company to be able to help them get organized, streamline their operations. And so 2019 is when I uh, when I started JobTread. I recruited some software developers from my last software company and they came on and rebuilt it and, you know, set this thing up to uh, to, to be able to to work for many companies. And, you know, we started selling it in, in 2021. And, you know, as I was telling you earlier, I mean, we got it to about 200 companies that year. Uh, 2022, we got to around 1,000. You know, last year we got to over 2,000. This year our goal is 4,000. So it's, uh, you know, something that we just continue to uh, to improve on and, you know, working with, uh, you know, thousands of construction companies now to, to make it the best product we can. Hey, man, uh, tell me, uh, how, how did you get into construction? What's, what's your story there? <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, basically my, 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 my first company was a software company. We sold software to colleges and universities. And, uh, you know, I did that right out of school. You know, I think I was 23 when I started that one. Uh, ended up, you know, building it up, took it to like 650 universities, had over 20 million users when, uh, you know, we got acquired in 2015. And so it was after that, a uh, buddy of mine was running a construction company here in Dallas. And, you know, he just said, hey, man, like I'm struggling to scale the business. Like, you know, can you come over here and help me figure out like what, what do I need to do to, to, to get organized? And, you know, I uh, originally just kind of went in and just said, sure, you know, let me let me take a look. And, you know, I walk in the door and I just I see the chaos. You know, it's, it's that chaotic situation that, you know, every construction owner, uh, you know, I'm sure is very familiar with early on, like just, you know, all the, the the guys were walking in, turning paper timesheets. They, you know, had all their, you know, their vendor bills and they're printing them all out and putting them into binders. And then, you know, every, you know, Friday, the project managers had to go review it and sign it. And then they gave the binder back to someone else and then manually typed it into a spreadsheet. And then, you know, someone typed it over to another spreadsheet and then they, you know, input it into QuickBooks, you know, and it was just like, I just, my, my head almost exploded with like inefficiencies, right? And like, I was like, guys, like, <laughs> it's clear you just need some software here. And uh, and so that's that's when I kind of did my deep dive into the the construction software space. And I mean, I looked at everything from you know Builder Trend, CoConstruct, Procore, Jobber, Rake, like I mean, I looked at everything. But I struggled to 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 make a recommendation for what these guys should should implement. You know, at, at the end of the day, like it it felt like it was very like antiquated, you know, or clunky, or you know, going to be hard to implement, or it was going to be super expensive. And so you know, they're like, well, you're a software guy, can't you just build us something? I was like, well, you know, hold on. I'm not trying to like create another one off here. And they kept pushing me though. And so finally, you know, what, what I, what I, what I agreed to, I was like, all right, look, you know, here's, here's my deal. You know, I take over a CEO of the construction company. I'll give you one year and everything I build is, is my intellectual property. So if this has the potential to be my next software company, then, then I can go and, and, and do that at the end of the year. And, you know, they agreed, made me a partner. And, uh, you know, basically I, I, I just took over this business. And, you know, at that point, you know, that was the beginning of 2018. I mean, I had, you know, really not much construction experience at all. Um, now, my dad's been a home builder. So, I've, you know, I've kind of, you know, been been around it a little bit, but, you know, certainly hadn't run a construction company before. And, you know, I, I guess trial by fire just, uh, you know, dove in and, and started, you know, figuring it out. And, you know, we started at the very beginning of estimating. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I, it, it was very interesting to see how some of the sales guys were able to go out and estimate a project and then, you know, kind of, come within, you know, five, 10% of, of what they, you know, targeted from a gross profit standpoint. But then some of the guys were just like, totally like just way underperforming, you know, and for a while, I was like, man, like, are these just like the wrong people? Like, or, or are they in the wrong role? Or like, what's going on? And so that's when like, I started shadowing them. And, and I learned firsthand about the difference between markup and margin. You know, the guys who are who were coming close to their target margin, they were using, you know, margin to calculate the price. You know, so so their price included what their profit needed to be. The other guys, 
you know, and, and we were targeting a 30% gross profit at that time. The other guys were using a 30% markup. And so mm -hmm. like they were selling the job at a 23% gross profit margin. I'm like, guys, you're, you're, you're shooting yourselves in the foot right out of the gate. Like we have no chance of hitting our target profit margin. Right. You know? And so, you know, that's, that's kind of where like, you know, the, the whole thing really started. And, you know, I got, got into it and, uh, you know, basically said, look guys, put, put away your calculators. We're going to build out a budgeting tool, you know, because like even, even regardless at what price the, the salesperson sold the job or the estimator sold it, when they handed it off to the project manager and said, okay, now go get us our, you know, our 30% profit margin. Project manager's like, how in the hell did you come up with that? They had no details, no documentation, no scope of work. You know, sometimes it was on the back of an envelope and it was a buddy, buddy type deal. And I was like, guys, we can't run a business this way. We need to document everything that we want to do for this job. And so that's like, you know, again, where job trade was born is building out this budgeting tool. And so I said, look, guys, you know, come up with exactly all of the materials that are going to go into this job, all of the labor. Are we going to need permits? Are we going to need equipment? Like whatever else we thought was going to go into that job that needed to be documented and, 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 and determine the cost and we'll automatically calculate the price. And so that was kind of like our biggest transition you know, was, was essentially helping them, you know, start kind of doing a little bit more work on the front end to document a clear scope of work and a clear budget for every single job. And I mean, honestly, that was probably the biggest, the biggest, uh, you know, change that we made that made the biggest impact and how we were able to increase our gross profit by 43%. Like, lo and behold, if you start pricing your jobs correctly, you know, now the other side was was kind of, you know, executing on those jobs and the operations and doing the job costing. But, you know, if, if you price the job correctly and then you track your cost along the way, you know, you can hit those target profit margins. It's not it's not rocket science, but we were just making all of those mistakes that, you know, I'm sure every every, uh, you know, young construction company has to sort of learn the hard way sometimes. Ho hopefully podcasts like this will help them understand, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't make those mistakes. But, you know, it was, it was something that we just sort of learned, you know. Trial by fire. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, what I've heard was that uh, you're a software guy. Uh, came out, build a software company, uh, call a software company, and then uh, get it sold. And then your buddy asked uh, to come in and help. And uh, you see the atrocity in the and his was a five million dollar company. So I mean, it wasn't a small size. Yeah. So. Uh, so there was a lot of uh they think they probably think it was normal right this is how you know most of the construction art company operate so i mean you know i'm trying to scale but i don't know where to but yeah but there's three things that are gonna make a difference right uh it's code people and uh influence right so you get the code right and then it's so crazy to me that um that uh, in the construction industry, anyway, sales guy doesn't know pricing model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I think I've, I've been using you guys for over two years now, and that's what one of the your strongest uh, suit is uh, pricing. I mean, yeah. it, I would take a sales guy that price the job right every every single appointment with a lower close rate than a guy that doesn't price it right. Every appointment really inconsistent with yeah. a higher, higher close rate because you know that that little 10% spread is half of the profit sometimes yeah. on some of the job, right? Yeah. Like if you think about it, if your net profit is 10% and if you're pricing it under 10%, oh shit. Yeah. No profit. <laughs> What's the point in, in 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 doing a job if you're not going to make you know the money that you need to make to keep the lights on and to feed your families and to keep your crews fed? Like you got you know you got to price your jobs correctly, otherwise you know, nothing else really matters. Right, right. So the 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 the, the pricing is uh, really really important, and I feel like uh, every sales process that I've taken, they 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 don't touch that much on the pricing because yeah. they expected you to figure that shit out yeah. because it's your business you know like if i'm a sales trainer i'm i'm, I'm not going to go in there and help you basically the pricing model is your whole business yeah right you know, i think i think the interesting thing though is like in, or, in order to know 
if you're pricing the jobs correctly, though, you you do also have to sort of track all of the costs for those jobs mm. to understand what was the actual gross profit. You know, how mm. much did we make on this job? And like, you know, these guys, I mean, they, they were, you know, they were going for several years and like they just sort of hit this glass ceiling of five million that, you know, they they kind of st- stayed right there for several years and couldn't break through. And it's because they never stopped to take the time to analyze their performance, you know, to kind of look back and say, okay, you know, on all the jobs that we've completed, you know, this, this month, this quarter, this year, like, how did we perform? You know, there was this big disconnect between, you know, the sales guys, the operations, and then the back office accounting, and nobody was talking. Nobody was sharing information and and taking the time to review the performance. You know, it's like, you got to have kind of everything working together to be able to know, are we accurately pricing our jobs? Now, sure, if you, if you go and you want to throw a huge, you know, giant profit margin on there where, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, it doesn't really matter because we made, you know, so much, but it's like, you know, especially, you know, when you get into larger size jobs or if you get into commercial work, you know, it's a lot harder to get away with that. And so you really do have to be very, you know, kind of meticulous about how you're pricing all of the the different pieces of the job. So, you know, I think that was, that was something that, you know, we just, we had to kind of work through. And I mean, you know, they, they, they had about 10 employees at the time. I mean, they could run, you know, anywhere from, you know, around 10, 10, maybe 15 concurrent jobs at one time, you know, so they had many, you know, we, we used a lot of subcontractors and a lot of crews, but the problem was as we were trying to scale and grow and we needed to be able to kind of take on more jobs at once, like it just, it was like the wild, wild west. There were no controls. And we, we, you know, again, we were getting double billed by some of the guys. We had materials that were, you know, attributed to the wrong jobs. We overbought materials and then somehow they just vanished even when they didn't get used. Like there were so many issues. And so if you don't have a really strong foundation uh-huh. built, then when you try to go to scale the business, you know, whether you're adding salespeople, whether you're taking on more jobs, whether you're taking on bigger jobs, if you don't have a well-oiled machine with a solid foundation that's going to produce, then you're, you know, you're, you're wasting your time and your energy. And really you're taking on more risk than, than you should be. You know, I've seen, I've seen so many companies where they take on one big job and they think this is going to just feed everyone. And this is going to fuel the machine. But like the reality is one, one mistake on a large job man, that can sink you. You know, like if you don't have your contracts in order, if you don't have your job costing flushed out, where like at any point, if something comes up, like you got to get change orders on that. You can't just blindly keep going because you could end up losing the farm on one job. And that's that's the problem with when you start to scale and you haven't put the right systems and processes in place, then, you know, again, you're, you're, you're taking on and you're risking a lot more than I think a lot of people understand. Right, right. Uh, man, that is, uh, you know, so profounding to, uh, and some, for some people, it's a punch in the face, too. You know, um, of, uh, you know, I always hear a guy, oh, I, I, I sell this job at, uh, 50% gross profit, 70% gross profit. I'm like, well, you haven't done the job yet. So I like to see that number. Yeah. 70%. Where does it end up at? Like yeah. right after the, you get the job completed. Yeah. Right. Well, now can you say it's 70%? If you can, man, mm-hmm. more power to you. Go make some yeah. more. Yeah. But chances are, chances are you're going to end up with somewhere 30, 40. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a change order that the sales guy didn't talk to him about. Oh, over promise, under deliver. So there's yeah. this, uh, that's this, I call it the gap. Between yeah. the first sale or half of your bonus already pay out, but you didn't job cost at the end. So you didn't know how much of the other half to pay the other sales guy. So then maybe you're overpaying the commission, yeah. you know, and actually the jobs, he shouldn't get any commission because he fucks shit up. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, having a budget is good, but maintaining the budget nobody talks about that yeah maintaining the budget what if it go under budget what do you need to do to make up that difference yeah is it do you change pricing for the next month to make up the difference and i think that's what that's what a lot of company is missing is the finance function in their company i mean 
you know, uh, you can hire a bookkeeping agency or CFO agency, but at the end of the day, they're not paying 150k. Yeah, to be able to keep uh, keep uh, keep track of your shit, they pay what 3k a month. That's to pay your bill and all that shit. They they don't care. Uh, I, it might be harsh for some people to hear. They don't give a shit about your your book. It's not their business. They're just it's, doing the job. It's up to you to sell it and run the job right. Right. So so if if you feel like you don't get enough information from accounting accountant because they have 20, 20 30, 40 motherfuckers like you. <laughs> you know, and all they do is just go in there, keep the book, make sure you comply with the IRS, and that's it. Their job yeah. is done. If you de- if you depending on them to make financial decisions. Then you are, you know, in for a ride. Let's yeah. just say that. So my my thing is, uh, you know, with job threat, <clears throat> it's act kind of like a mini finance function for yeah. for 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 company, right? You can you able to go in and like, well, this is what we budgeted for. Oh shit! Why material a thousand more, John? What the fuck happened over there, man? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and it's it's not to say that you're you know people aren't going to make mistakes. Like I I am I'm all about it. I understand mistakes will happen, and I, and I, and I, you know I would rather our guys push the bounds and and try to do something, and and even if it doesn't work out okay, if we make a mistake, you know that's fine. If we make that mistake once, as long as we learn from it, you know we need to be able to recognize it and see what happened, so that we don't keep making the same mistake over and over. You know, you got to be able to course correct, like, you know, and, and so just like you said, like if, if if we were underpricing something or if we tried with a new material or a new method or whatever it may be like and, and it didn't work out, then we need to go and, and update our pricing for that you know particular thing so that we don't keep doing the same thing over and over. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I when I first took over this construction company, we were doing a lot of work for, uh, you know, for for this uh you know, kind of large company where we 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 did a lot of their gate repairs, and and so you know we had to essentially you know go go kind of in multiple cities, multiple areas, and we would frequently repair their gates, their 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 ballast, like just different things that that could go wrong. And so what ended up happening though is like we were going and we were doing this work, you know, and and I ended up when I started analyzing our historical performance, I found that every time we sold a job in Houston for this the same company for the same type of work. We lost anywhere from 10 to 12%. We were literally paying, and this went on for over six months. We were paying this company to put up their gates, you know, to fix their the, the, these, 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 these metal fences. And like, you know, at, at first when I saw this, you know, I'm I'm scratching my head thinking, how is that even possible? How could how could we actually be losing money? And so, you know, my mind starts thinking, man, is there is there some sort of fraud going on or some kickback or like, how could we just be hemorrhaging money like this? You know, and, and ultimately, you know, I dug in, I found that we were just, we, we never updated the price of the material and we were underselling, you know, what, what that material cost was. And again, nobody stopped and did the job costing. We didn't ever meet with the back office. We never looked at our, our profitability to stop and figure that out. You know, it's like, how could this go on for so long? You know, and again, luckily, you know, we had a lot of different jobs and we were making it up in other ways. But like, that's why like our profits were just totally, you know, it was a, it was a crapshoot. My, my advice to these guys, is you guys might as well go to go to Vegas and roll the dice because you have no idea how you're going to perform on a job. You know, every single job, it, it was different. And, and when you don't have that consistency, like, you know, obviously something is happening. And that's where starting to build a budget do the job costing, tracking, you know, how did we perform? You know, that is what showed me where we were underpricing and where we had that huge hole. And as soon as we fixed that, sure enough, we're back at making 30% job after job, you know, like, and, and it was that simple. But if you don't take the time to, to, to track and to understand how you're performing, Again, you could have these bleeders all over the place. You could be hemorrhaging money. You know, right. a lot of people think if I just sell the job for a higher price, you know, if I just grow my top line revenue, then I'm building a great business. And that's not the, that is not the case at all. You know, like it's all about 
the, the gross profit and the net income, that is ultimately what will grow the business and help you continue to reinvest in your business to hire more people. I see so many people that make a ton of money in sales and then they go overspend. You know, they think, oh, I got, I got three, four hundred thousand dollars in the bank. I'm I'm cash, you know, rich. Like, okay, let's go hire some more people. Let's go, you know, buy some equipment. But then tomorrow they realize that they got four hundred thousand in, in liabilities. You know, like you, you got to really understand both sides of this of this coin here. I mean, cash flow is, I think, one of the most important aspects of managing any business, and business owners need to get their head around that because a lot of times, like that, can like too much cash can actually lead to poor decision making, which in turn can end up sinking your business. And so, it's important to understand the full cycle of revenue. You know, your cost of goods sold. You know, your operating expenses all the way down to your net income. Yeah. So um, I think one 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 of the cool feature that you guys just roll out is the WIP work in progress. Yep. So uh, you know, for 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 us, it's uh it's uh our our job is sold at fifty percent gross profit. So the first payment is usually cover everything. But this this gives me a more of an accurate feel into hey what what's money is not mine yeah yeah right right because sales always precede production in about four to six weeks six to eight weeks depend yeah. on your sales cycle and your production cycle right and uh what a lot of guy um does is in spring they rich right they sell yeah. a bunch of job get a bunch of deposit uh you know and uh starting to well you know i need a new truck you know Eric, i need a new truck i, I can't be rolling up in a beat up f-150 i want to i want to look fly <laughs> cool you know well eric i need uh you know i i need to hire an assistant over here you know i, I need to go play golf you know uh two days a week somebody got manage my email yeah uh well i need uh I need uh, to uh, hire a videographer, uh, you know, a bunch of these things that it might, it, they, they might need it, but in actuality, they don't, they don't have the money yet to do yeah. it. Yep. Because now you're playing with the customer yep. money and that's some state is illegal. Yeah, now, absolutely. Some state is illegal. So be careful what you do with the client money. You know, yeah. that's where they, they don't end up on the news, right? So that's it's a really cool feature to really actually know how much money you get in the bank. And yeah. uh, and my my philosophy about uh, cash flow is I don't like cash. If I have cash and that is mine, I'll get rid of it. You know, in either investment or put it back in the company or some other way just to show that, you know, actually I cash some chips out. You yeah. know, I took some chips off the table. So that, that way keep me in the broke mentality to keep going. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think that's the biggest thing is, uh, financial education for, uh, construction. It's not, not necessarily sales or anything like that or marketing. It's like, Hey, can, can I actually make some money selling these jobs? Yeah. Right. Right. So I, to me, I correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, financial education is nobody talks about it. You know why? Because I'm, I'm sure somebody listening to this after 10 minutes, they, you talk about budget, click exit, click <laughs> exit, because it's not interesting enough. It's not marketing. It's not yeah. sales. It's not fancy. It's just X, Y, X plus yeah. Y equals Z. And I mean, that's basically, but it's, not fancy, but then again, it's not hard. It's, you're not doing calculus here, guy. Yeah, you're doing algebra one, which you learn in seventh <laughs> grade, eighth grade. Basically, accounting is just a bunch of al algebraic equation yeah. stack on each other. And I mean, like, re really, that's it. Yeah, I, you see, wanna... I see a lot of people that you know. Again, they 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 may you know have started on the tools. You know, they're they're working you know in the trades, and then they you know kind of have that epiphany of like, hey, you know. Maybe I need to go and start my own business. And that's awesome. You know, I'm very supportive of that. You know, a lot of people, though, I see they, they think, well, I don't have an MBA or I don't have a business degree or like, 
you know, they, they feel like that, you know, just because they didn't learn, you know, these skill sets or they've never kind of been in a in, in, in an opportunity where they needed to learn, you know, the, the, the financial skills that you need to run a business, it, it leads them to just focus on sales. It's easy to kind of go and just, you know, invest all of your efforts on, you know, sales tactics and strategies. And, and again, may, maybe even how do we price this and how do we position it and how do we sell value? And like, those are very, very important. But as a business owner, you know, you, you, you need to make sure that you understand what happens after the sale. You know, what happens when you make that sale? Where does that cash go? And how do you manage the full life cycle of a job? You know, and, and, and just like you said, that, 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 that WIP report, you know, percentage of, of completion accounting, it's so helpful because it shows you, you know, some people you may collect, you know, 50% up front or, you know, even more, you know, but like, if you haven't earned that money, you need to know that. And don't get blinded by seeing the cash sitting in your account because you you know you don't know what you're going to end up with on that. And so it's so important that you you make sure that you you know you have an understanding of where that is. And and if you haven't collected up front, if you haven't been collecting along the way, I think that's another huge issue. I see so many people that they don't collect a deposit and they don't collect progress payments. The bigger the job, the longer the job, you need to be collecting up front and along the way. So that you can use that income for that job to go and 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 pay out your guys to purchase more materials. Like you shouldn't have to go and and pull, you know, and and use your own cash to go buy materials for a job. Collect a deposit. Make sure you know how that customer is going to pay you. If you put all your eggs in that final invoice, if you don't collect up front along the way, you're 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 risking the entire job on that customer being able to pay at the end. And man, so many times it could be something just totally off the wall reason a customer may try to stiff you. And if you put all those eggs in that final basket and you think, oh, they're going to pay me at the end, you literally just forked out all the cash to run this job. And now you're left holding the bag with nothing. You cannot run a business that way. You have to collect upfront and along the way and use that customer's funds to fund the the job. Just like you said, I've seen so many people, they they collect money from another customer and then they go buy the materials for this other customer. You can't do that. You don't need to do that. You shouldn't be doing that. It is illegal to do that in some places. Like, again, collect up front and along the way and you can mitigate that risk. You're going to improve the cash flow for that job. Right. And uh, man, that's so important is... uh... It, and 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 as you know, in construction, once you get to a certain size, that uh, cash is really important. You can be pr- profitable, but you, if you can't collect it, you run out of cash. And guess what? You're done. Yep. You, Man, you, you, you're done. You miss you're payroll done. one time, and, and you you lose the confidence of everybody. Your team will walk away. Your 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 subs will quit working for you. You know, bad reviews coming in like that. that that is just the the kiss of death right there. You you cannot miss a payroll. Yeah. So uh I mean, I always tell people sales is easy, bro. Sales is easy. Everybody needs us right now. Yep. Just a little bit of personal communication will you will sell. Or, you know, just a little bit of training, you can get sales guy to sell. Uh but what happened is, hey, it's collection. Can you collect? Yep. Okay, can you collect on time, on the money? Uh, or do you have a collection department or is it that's you right and um and it's so so sad to see man I, I i see so many businesses you know right around this time of the year is the only time they they review their fucking books yeah because yeah. every job's closed out and i'm like well you know how come we only end up with three to five percent net profit well because you didn't do things right on the front end yeah. and the back end look now look like shit at the middle is you have no idea what the fuck happened yeah so important i mean every year every business needs yeah. to go into the year and have a 12 month budget you need to have goals for your top line revenue for your gross profit for your net income and every single month you need to review how did you hit each of those different goals you know, are you tracking? 
you know, if, if, if something is over or something's under from month to month, like that, you know, again, there's, there is some cyclicality, but you should try to bake that into your projections, you know, and, and at the very beginning, it's very, very hard to project, you know, your financials like that is, it is an extremely difficult thing, but as you go, the more data that you have, it's going to help you continually improve your projections and your budget every year. And so you're going to get better and better. But the worst thing you can do is not put forth a budget at all. You know, right. even if you're wildly off, at least you had a budget for your company and you can then analyze and say, well, why were we so off? What assumptions did we make that led us to be so far off on, on our revenue or, or how did our expenses, what did we not account for? You know, what did we not, you know, maybe we decided to spend a whole bunch more in marketing and, and, and we, or we hired more people or whatever it may be. Okay, so be it. But as long as you make sure that you understand that and then next year you need to take that into account, you know, that's going to help you get better and better. And that's how you that's how you grow and how you can survive one year after another is by using budgeting. Now, the other thing I want to touch on, Luan, because, you know, you, you talked about collections, man. Another another story. So when I took over this construction company, I kid you not, they had over eight hundred thousand dollars in accounts receivable. And so instead of collecting and focusing on that. They literally took that those receivables and they collateralized them and they went to the, the banks and they borrowed $200,000 lines of credit one after another to fund the business. Like seriously, like I, I, again, I, my, my mind almost exploded. And I was like, how in the world is this possible, guys? You have literally earned it and you just didn't collect it. And so what I found was that, you know, again, we got the people out in the field, the project managers, they told, you know, the, the accounting lady, the, the you know, we, the back office to send the invoice. So she sent the invoice. Well, she assumed that the project managers, you know, would, would follow up and make sure that we got paid. Well, they had no visibility into whether we got paid or not. They assumed that the, the, the back office lady was, was managing it, you know, but she was overwhelmed. She was doing accounts receivable, accounts payable office manager, like she was just dropping balls, but nobody noticed. And instead of collecting, instead of focusing on collections, we're turning around and going to the bank like, that's nuts. Every day that goes by that you don't collect on an invoice, your chance of collecting that money is dwindling every single day. You know, and we ended up having to write off hundreds of thousands of dollars. This was a massive setback for our business. But there's no, you know, again, you, you got to make sure that you're focusing on collecting. Like that is arguably the most important task. You have already earned that money. Go get it. Don't, yeah. don't leave it out there. Go yeah. get it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and one thing I learned from, you know, from a, a construction attorney, you know, is that basically if, if you don't have, you know, specifically written out in your contract that failure to make a payment. So if your customer does not pay you, you have the right to stop work. In some states, you may not actually have the right to stop work because you agreed to a contract. It's all about how they interpret contract law. And so you need to make sure in your contract, if the customer misses a payment, you have the right to stop working right then and there. And if, and if you know, again, if you don't, if you just keep running that job, again, you're taking on all of the risk you know, you can send invoices all day long, but if they're not getting paid, it doesn't matter. You right. got to focus on collections and making sure that you're taking that cash to the bank. Yeah. And uh, you, man, I'm uh, I'm so passionate about uh, about this because uh, that's uh, one of the reasons I, why I started this podcast is uh, I want to make sure that people hear from experts that, uh, you know, the, the, the whole microcosm of... Uh, running a business, right? Get business, do business, get paid. Yep. Most people can get the business. They can do the business, but they can't get paid. Yeah. And and uh and how hard I assume I could like a hundred percent. Don't fuck with my money. I'm gonna say it right now. Do not fuck with my money. <laughs> I think it won't and that, you'll go get your bats and uh, <laughs> go out there. And then but you do that to 
communication, right? So in the sales process, hey, this is the progress payment. We need 50 right now, 30 here, and 20 when we finish. And about 50%, you know, there's going to be maybe a framing inspection or something. The payment is due. And either the sub-leader or the project manager is responsible for that, right? And then you communicate to the client. And then, hey, it's 50%. When are you going to be home? How would you like to pay? You know, you want, like, like don't ask them for money. It's your money. Yeah. I assume that they already have my shit. Yeah. And then if not, it's, you know, tick, tick, tick. Seven days after they don't pay, interest start curing. Yep. And in my state, you can force a sale of the home in three years. So don't pay me. It's cool. I'll leave your house. Yep. It's cool. I'll, three years later, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, I'll force a sale of house. I'll get my money either way. So uh, there's law that protects you, but you need to write those law into your contract. Yep. And then... And then when people, man, the, the lean, the lean ladder, intent to lean ladder is so powerful. Yeah. And uh, most people are like, well, you know, I don't know this or that. I'm like, you know, if you don't collect all, <laughs> all the thing that you do for that job is, man, it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's important that you understand the lean laws for your state. You know, because there are you you have certain time windows, you know, mm-hmm. when you can, when you can file and there are certain things, you know, that need to be done in order to 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 do that properly. So, you know, it's very important. I mean, in every state, you know, again, we're you got to go learn your own state laws and kind of what that process is. And hopefully you never have to use it. I mean, a lot of times the simple threat of it will end up getting you paid. But just understand what what those requirements are, because, you know, again, you, you, you miss it by a few days and, and your case is gone. Right. And uh and um and then uh and then that's the thing too, if uh if there's nobody managing these collection, nobody cares, man. Nobody cares. Nobody cares to go collect them. Nobody cares. You know, there has to be somebody on your team that specifically focuses on collection. Yep. And if that person has to to be the owner, so be it. Go knock on some door and get get the money. Yep. And um, I talked to a lot of business owners that uh, that doing 90 million, 100 million, they still, they're still the direct manager of their collection team. Yep. Because like, hey, oh, I just spent a day with my collection team. I could not believe how, mu- how much money we didn't collect. By just stepping away, and this is big company, by just stepping away for three months, you know, so if, if they are still worried about collection, what gives you the right to just fuck off? Yeah. Down here, if you want to get to where they are, then you get gotta be a man. I'm like my wife, they she's she's like, you get so weird about uh, I'm like, no, it's 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 not weird. It's you know, it's you earned it. You know, it's it's, funny. it's it, your responsibility. You gotta go get it. You Just know, how business works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, some people. I got a few clients that uh, you know call me unprofessional. But hey, I'm like, hey, I got the job done. Pass the final inspection. If you want any paperwork, any anything like that, you go get it yourself. But I already done my part. I just need my money. Where well, are you going to pay cash, credit card, check, or should I leave your house? Yep. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really that simple, but not really simple because you got to complete the cycle, right? Although, otherwise, all the money that you're investing in marketing, in sales, production management, paying your people, all that shit's gone. Yep. Because I know, I know, and I know, and I know that most of the, most of the guy here, uh, that listen to us, they can't hit 50% gross profit margin. So that last payment is their profit. Yep. Squeaky wheel gets the grease too, man. You got to follow up, call them every day, text them Mm. every day, show up at their house, like get your money. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And uh, man, so that's so nice talking about uh, collection and all that stuff. So what what is your plan for the the future? Say you want to get to 4,000 clients. Do you have uh, 
you have any plan for putting out some uh, financial education for people or what's your plan on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, so so every year we do our annual user conference. At, it's it's called Job Tread Connect, you know, and so that's where we bring in you know industry experts. I mean, this year it's it's you know actually in a couple of weeks in January, uh, at the end of January we've got you know I think it's like over thirty two ed sessions, you know, where we're going to cover everything from you know sales and marketing strategies to you know job costing, scheduling to you know bookkeeping and accounting, you know, cash flow, all of that, and so. You know, we we we're all all year though. Really, we're we're putting out webinars. We're trying to help educate contractors. You know, and I would say, you know, us. You know, there's there, there there's several other kind of you know construction management softwares out there. But like the thing that we've done different than everybody is our focus on the finances and and having that job budget. And so you know, a lot of the training that we provide. You know, I mean, every customer has a dedicated customer success manager. I mean, they are your coach to help you maximize you know, the, the, the usage of job tread. And so when you get in there and you start to really learn how you can use the tool, you know, that's where you can start to uncover, you know, these opportunities to improve, you know, your, your, your profits. And so, you know, it's something that I think it's, it's a continual process. You know, I don't think, you know, someone should expect to just, you know, basically one day go to, go to, go to a conference or, or get some software and it's just going to magically, you know, fix everything. That's, that's not the case. Like you have to take the time to dedicate to learning you know, the, the, the curriculum learning, you know, these, these lessons, learning how to use the softwares, like learning the tools that you have available to you to improve your business. It will take some time. It will take kind of, you know, learning, you know, how things, you know, work and, and, and being able to understand where you, you made mistakes and then, you know, refining, you know, go update your catalog, update your pricing. Like, you know, it's a continual process. And I think every business owner should, should always have that mindset of like continually learning and adapting and growing because you know nobody knows everything we're, we're all able to keep improving ourselves by investing you know in our education and in you know you know coaches and and, and joining networks and having resources that you know that, that that you tap into you know there, there's so much out there that's available to you but if you don't take the time and and, and really block out time to focus on improving your business you know improving yourself as a leader improving how your processes are, improving the usage of your tools. Like, I think that's what it takes to really continue growing and in, in, in scaling a business and becoming a better, you know, leader in a, in a better business is, is just about kind of taking the time to go and learn that stuff. Oh, man. Talk about education, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm always, it's not that I want to, but I need to always be, stay on the stay on the grind with learning because there's so much shit that come out new every day. So much, uh, things that you have to learn and so, so many trends, so many, uh, you know, new side, shiny thing, but, uh, uh, just think for example, colleges, um, uh, accounting degree took six years. Okay. Uh, uh, and to your point, you're not going to learn this shit in one year two years it might sound daunting but it's it's a continual process because the skill build up on top of the skill and skill and the skill uh so if you're not ready to learn my suggestion go work for somebody else oh i completely agree i mean you know again (laughs) you don't need to go you know pay for a very expensive formal education to be able to figure this out you're going to learn so much more from experience and by doing it and, and, and learning along the way, you know, like don't don't let, you know, this fear of not knowing all the answers, you know, force you to not go and start. You got to start, you know, just dive in, but dive in with open eyes, dive in, you know, with an understanding that you're going to learn, you're going to make mistakes and that's OK, but just continually try to improve and grow. And that's that, you know, you'll get there. You know, and I think that, you know, again, if you if you find great mentors, if you surround yourself with people, you know, who who are smarter than you, who have more experience than you, you know, they can help speed that process up. They can help you, you know, maybe jump over a few of those, you know, potential learning, you know, challenges or or those those hurdles, those mistakes. Like, you know, there's so many ways that that you can go. And, and, and learn from a community, you know, joining, you know, online groups and, 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 and having those networks. And like, there's so many ways that you can grow and learn by being part of it, but 
doing it firsthand, having experience is so much better than reading a textbook and taking exams. Like, you know, you don't need to go spend, you know, and rack up a bunch of debt to figure this stuff out. It's not rocket science, you know, but it takes kind of just, you know, applying yourself and, 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 and taking some of that time to, you know, to surround yourself with people who can help you do that. I mean, listening to podcasts, it's a great way hear from other business owners. I mean, I've, I've got a Builder Stories podcast where I just interview construction business owners about the lessons that they've learned. You know, right. taking that time will help you just get where you need to go. Right. Man, that's uh, that's so profound, man. Um, so right now it's winter, right? Everybody in this uh, ooh, new me, new year, <laughs> you know, ooh, 2023, you know, it's a past year. I don't even worry about that shit anymore. I'm, I'm a new year, new me. I want to increase my profit margin from 3% to 50%, you know. Uh, but what is the, what is one recommendation you can make? Because everybody had downtime right now, man. If, if you say you're busy, you're bullshitting me. Uh, everybody got downtime right now. What do you suggest for these people? What what should they do right now? Right right now to be able to launch into 2024 with a vengeance? I, I would say you need to make sure that you've got a plan. You know, come up with your playbook. You know, your playbook for sales and marketing. How are you going to approach that? Your playbook for project management and operations, your playbook for your, your back office and your accounting and like have a plan for every single thing that you need to do for this year to grow your business. Build a budget, understand your hiring needs, you know, review, you know, every single person on your team. What is their job description? Maybe update that. All of this should go into your plan. You know, I, I like to call it a playbook. And so take the time to document it. Even if you think you know it, that's great. Put it on paper, write it down, have a plan that you can refer back to and that you can share with others on your team. So when you bring on that new employee, like you can say, hey, here's how we operate this business. Here are all of the things. And, and you might not get everything in there right away. This can be an evolving, you know, ongoing document. But start today by creating your plan for this year and how you're going to run your business. And again, let it evolve over time, but document it and start there. I think that's so important, you know, that 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 you put that in place. And that's going to be something that you can always refer back to. You're going to be able to learn. Here was my strategy, January 2021 or 2024. You know, now I'm I'm in Q2. Now I'm in Q3. Now I'm in Q4. You know, take the time to kind of reflect back. How did I perform? You know, what worked and what didn't? Let's make some changes. Cool. You know, but as you go, you're going to be able to continually evolve that. So I think just take the time right now, if you've got downtime, to get organized, you know, to educate yourself, you know, go learn, you know, what 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 do you need to do to create an entire business playbook? You know, and this is actually the, the, the session I'm going to be doing. One of my keynotes at Job Tread Connect is called the business playbook. And so I'm going to be, you know, giving people a whole workshop to go through that and we'll, we'll have it online after the, the conference, but like, just take the time to go do that. And I think you're going to set yourself up for success. Yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, I think planning is so crucial and executing the plan and adjusting the plan is very crucial as well, but you got to have something to compare yeah. yourself against. Right. And, uh, and if, if you already did 2023, go, go in your profit and loss pool, pull it from there. And then if you want to grow 10%, break it down by month and add 10% on, on yep. everything. Right. And, uh, and just, that's a starting point. And then you can go in and adjust and maybe you want to add a project manager. Maybe you want to add the sales guy, but it's this shit is not that hard guys. If you already have historical data, like I can build your budget, but I'm not you. Yeah. The coach is not you. Eric is not you. It's your budget. You know, maybe you maybe you have a slash fund, slush fund somewhere that uh, that uh, that you build it into your overhead. Maybe you wanna, you know, twenty thousand, pay yourself twenty grand more so you can make six figures. You know, whatever the case that may be, you need to plan that in right now, and 
the anarchy one. Oh, let me check my plan. Oh shit, I missed plan by 20%. What do I gotta do to make that shit up? Yeah. Right? Hey man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Um uh sorry I can't go to job so I connect this year. Just somebody decided to get married over in Vietnam and uh <laughs> I I had to go back, man. I, I really wanted to be there this year, but uh but We'll look for next year. And I'm sure I'll see you around, man. We run into each other all the time at conferences. So, uh, yeah. hey, it's it's so much value today, man. Thank you so much. Any last, uh, uh, say, if people want to find you you or JobTread, uh, what's the easiest way to reach out to you guys at the, at the respond right way? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say, you know, there's, there's a ton of information on our website, www.jobtread.com. Um, you know, you, you can schedule a demo there. You can hit the contact us. You know, I'm also all over Facebook. You know, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, all the social networks. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I look at Luan, I, I just want to say thank you, you know, for for taking the time to put together this podcast and for trying to create educational content that will help others out there. You know, you've been very, very successful. Your story is very inspiring. You know, and the fact that you're going to take it to a whole nother level by trying to help others be able to grow you know, their business and be more successful is, uh, you know, is a, is a testament to, you know, how awesome you are and your character. So, you know, I just, I appreciate what you're doing for the community. You know, I know a lot of times, you know, it's, it, 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 it's kind of thankless work, but you know, you're, you're doing a great job and, you know, I appreciate everything that you're doing. Hey man, I appreciate you. I couldn't have done this without you guys. I mean, you know, uh, the one cold close can't happen without accurate job pricing from job threat, right? Uh, the one cold close can't happen if I have to take it back to the office, right? The one cold close can't happen if I don't have a contract built into job thread, right? The one cold close can't happen if if I show up looking, oh, 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 you know, I, you know, but I show up, my computer blew up. Hey, man, come over here. Let's see see what we did last year here. See what we did this year here. So it's almost an authority building piece, you know, like. Yeah. Who would you hire? A guy to show up looking all fresh and clean with a computer, sample, ready, rock and roll, or you're gonna hire some chuck in the truck if you were to build that in your home? Yeah, absolutely. I want the professional guy. <laughs> right. He's uh, got all of his ducks in a row. He's he's you know it, it's 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 night and day, and it's it's interesting. You know, I mean, I see this this transition when people you know get the right tools, the right mm. processes, the right people. You know, be professional. Like it, it can make a big impact on your business. And, you know, it's, it's, it's small little things that you just got to get in place. And, you know, you, you know, everybody's got potential. It's, it's all about just applying yourself and making sure you're making those critical moves to build the best business that you can and to set yourself up for success. So, you know, follow, follow Luan, you know, he's obviously leading by example here. And, uh, you know, I think anybody can, can be successful. All right, man, uh, we out. <laughs>